Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. The whole team is back together. Gang's all here. As Joe said last week on the show, he thinks it's Sports Sunday with Joe Fisher because for four straight weeks, one of the two of us was out. We alternated weeks off. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, I know that was that was odd, right? I don't think that's happened before. To it's, where we were both, you know, kind of in and out, in and out. Well, I think that's probably the best way to do it because if both of us were out, there wouldn't be a show. No, I think Joe could hold it down. Yeah. Completely by himself. I don't sure. want to put Joe through that again. He's sure. done that before. Yeah, no, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, I think he could hold it down. No, some, uh, it's, it's hard. Stuff. That's hard to do. <laughs> you can play some best of stuff. That's all good. Um, yeah, so your car is having some issues, I guess. Ugh. You Ubered here today. I, I pulled. I pulled up and I saw you walking from the front of the parking lot. I yeah. was like, oh. No, yeah, it's just, you know, transmission issues are never good. And so now the issue is making sure I can find. Uh, the right person that's going to be able to fix it correctly and everything. Like, I have a, a Range Rover, and so, unfortunately, sometimes there's some additional issues and, and maintenance to go into those things. So, really? uh, yeah. It's, Are they it's known as, like, kind of annoying cars to it's, they're, take care They're of. incredibly, they're super cool. Like, for the most part, like, the, the way the car runs and all the stuff, you, you know, you can do. Like, when it snowed that first few days of the really, really bad snow, like, I was in the wind. I was in the mix. No problem, you know, <laughs> but... Um, Yes, when things go wrong, like, they go really, really, really freaking wrong. So, well, I remember you had a battery, a second battery in your back seat for, like, a month. Yeah, no, like, so it was a, it was a charger. It was oh. a, a battery charger that sometimes <laughs> worked, and then sometimes it just, you know, didn't. And then the battery's in such a weird place on my car to where, like, I have to take it to, like, the, a Range Rover dealership or a, a place that just, you know, works on... Uh, Land Rovers. And, and whenever you do that, that always costs more. Oh, my gosh, bro. So they have to literally take the hood off of my car to be able to put a battery in there. So as I went to, like, like remove it completely? Man, so I go to, like, you know, Pet Boys or whatever and try what to just, and just buy a battery and, you know, spend, you know, the 150 bucks or whatever for the battery. And so, okay, cool. And go to put it in. And I was like, I can't pull this out. Like, it literally stops right there. And, like, there's no way I can, like, you know, shimmy this out. And uh, that's so it's so out. deep in the engine that so, it, so deep. Wow. And so and then on top of that, like <laughs> on top of that, like the lights, you know, the the my headlights also need to be uh, replaced at a dealership or at, you know, uh, a mechanic of Land Rover. So it's kind of those are the irritating parts about like that. And like if you have Mercedes or something like that, you know, BMWs like those those things kind of suck about fixing those cars like they're super cool again. 
but there's a lot of maintenance that goes into them, and so I'm not with it. I'm about to sell it. Scam. Well, Sounds you were, like a scam. It's a, it's a like you were so pumped to get go, that car too. I, I mean, because it was great, and mind you, I've had a lot of fun in it. I've done a lot of the stuff, so it's like at this point, okay, I, I think I've had the, the 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 nice car that I wanted, and now I can just not have that anymore and do something else. All right, so if you're going to be on the market for a car, mm-hmm. what do you want now? So you got you've always because I've had a dream of a Range Rover too. It's so it's like it's a car. I feel like a lot of guys want to have at it's some a, point in their it's life. It's a cool car, like. Makes it's you feel it, like a rapper. I don't you know want to mean? call it like a white whale necessarily, but it's kind of like a white whale of cars for a lot of guys. Yeah. And what's so what's next? What are you going to do? I don't know. You're going to go I, new? You're going to go used? Uh, I'd like to go new. Newer cars, you don't have the issues that you know. Correct. A few maintenance things, you know, obviously oil and tires and all that jazz that you need to do, but probably something new. Like it's been, it's been a while. And so I don't know if I want to, I'm a bigger guy, you know, we're bigger guys, you know, Joe's. Joe's not as big, but he's not a small guy, you know, either. But he's not a big guy either. He's medium Joe. Yeah, he's he's medium Joe. No, but, but I, I have a, a Honda or a Honda Toyota Corolla. And, um, you know, my, my head doesn't have a lot of room between the top of it and the, the roof of the car. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a medium person I problem. would look like yeah. Shaq in those, you know, remember those Buick commercials that he mm-hmm. would Chrysler <laughs> Buick commercials he was doing? That's what I would look like in one of those cars. Well, so that's he, why I kind of like to go bigger. My girlfriend even has a crossover. She has, like, the Mazda crossover. Mm-hmm. And getting into that car, my head still has to be, like, at a 90-degree angle down just yeah. to get into that car. That's a bigger yeah. car. Yeah. So, so there's not a lot of cars that fit people like that. Not us. a lot of cars. I had a <laughs> one of my first cars that I bought when I lived in Las Vegas was a Ford Focus. I bought a black hatchback Ford Focus. My God. Oh my man, you know, it was like I went to the dealership, it was like seven grand. I had like, man, five. I just wanted to just I just needed a car and everything like that. And I was like, All right, well, I'll go ahead and just get this. And it was nice, it was black, it had like these cool black rims. It was like, all right, man, I'm a stunting in my Ford Focus. <laughs> I was not stunning in a Ford Focus in Las Vegas. Like there are so many, but again, well, an all black car in Vegas too. It, it must have been yeah, a hot box every time you got into it. Luckily, the air conditioner worked, but still, it's it's hard to you know get girls to talk to you when you're in the Ford Focus. But look at my Las rims Vegas. though. Look yeah. at my rims though. They're cool. No, the, the rims are cool. You see them? You see these rims, girl? And then she she's like laughing the rest and walking. Of the car, and yeah, and it was like a hatchback Focus. So it wasn't even like the you've you ever know, seen a focus on seventeen inch rims, no, baby. No, I come my way. <laughs> and they were they were like you know it was it it wasn't a good look either way. So I had to get rid of that one. Well, none of you guys are doing Murano life. Hashtag Murano life. No, they're not. With that's my a, with my really really dad like pictures that yeah, I take and post on social media. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that's a very much a like a you know the the lead player the like the best player on the soccer team's mom's car. <laughs> I like it though. It's like man, she's usually the hot mom. Yeah, so that's good. You've got it, the hot mom car. Yeah, I'm I'm getting near the end of the life for this car in my brain. I'm going to keep it for a while, but mentally I'm just kind of like ready for the next car. Mm-hmm. It's still fine. It still runs fine. It's just one of those where I've had it now for it'll be. Uh, oh, it is 10 years. It's 10 years this month that I've had the car. So it's like I'm kind of in that mental spot of like kind of want something new. I've been driving the same car for a really long time. And uh, so we'll see. You want to hear yeah. something else is crazy? Some, as far sometime as, you down know, the road. Uh, this month and actually this week, I think this week marks our seventh year on Sports and Football Sunday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Owen Wilson, wow. Seven years already? Oh, Seven my God. Seven years, bro. That's insane. That's nuts, man. So, uh, man, shout out to all you guys for rocking with us for, for this long. This was supposed to be a year. Yep. It was, so supposed it was supposed to be, to be one year. This and center, but of the there's same. nothing better than really cheap content. There's, hey, I'll take it. I'll be, I'll be as cheap as you need me to be, like as long as I can come in and do this. And this is, this is honestly like the reason I think we don't miss many because it's it's Saturday night. We can all go out and hang out and do stuff. But I think the reason we don't miss these shows as often, unless we kind of have to, is because it, at the end of the day, it's it's fun. Yeah, you know. So like you know, we have a right now. It's a beautiful day. I got two guys that I, you know, I wouldn't mind hanging out with on, on on any given day, and then I look outside and it's just this absolute beautiful weather, you know, especially as we get into the spring and summer and stuff. Like, it's just a fun time in the morning. This view doesn't hurt either. It does not. No. Not even a little bit. And I'm talking about the two views. It oh, <laughs> it does. It does. It does suck during the during the winter. My God. Because I think we're all kind of a little gloomy at that point we're all just a little like a little slow but we're in football season so we, we kind of have a rhythm to those shows at you know? first like that first three weeks of football season it's like yes football and then we get to like week nine it's like ah, 
football. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, thank you guys for this is for me, man. Thank you guys for for rocking with us for for this long. It's been uh, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. If any of you guys have been listening since the beginning, well, you've heard a lot, and a uh, lot. you've heard probably, hopefully, market improvement because I have a feeling if we went back and listened to our first few shows, we would be like, what were we doing? We yeah. would we would write out so much stuff. We came in so early, so early, so early. So mind you, this is when the show started at eight. Yep. And so we would be here at like seven. Yeah, seven, uh, six forty-five, seven o'clock, mm-hmm. just to make sure that we can kind of get a get a jump. And then because we're the Sunday show, like we don't want to spend too much time talking about whatever you guys talked about on prime time, whatever you know, um, Dirt and Sprague may have talked about. You know, so you have to be really. Because we don't want to bore anybody about stuff, so you know it, it, it was tough at first, and then now we just kind of like, oh, let's just yeah. let's just talk. Yep. What's available? We we uh, come in, we talk for you know ten fifteen minutes about what we're going to talk about, and then here we go, we do a show. Yeah, let's do it. So hopefully you guys have have stick, stuck with us, stick with us, stuck with us through the whole way through, and uh, you know if you have, thank you from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate it. Absolutely, one hundred. Text 503-250-1080. That's the fan text line. You can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TillerMade503. Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. And the station is at 1080 The Fan. On the show today, remember the last time we were on the show together? And it was a couple weeks ago. And we said that Clippers game was a must win. Yes. And if it wasn't going to be a win, we knew it was going to happen for the season. I do. The Blazers did not win that game, and that was a couple weeks ago. And since then, the Blazers have continued to look dreadful, snoozy, awful, hard to watch, easy to turn off early. So we're going to get to them. I want to talk about LaMarcus Aldridge hanging it up. Uh, Rashad wants to talk about uh, an interesting idea of looking at these legal issues that players are getting thrown into recently and trying to figure out how to look at them, right? It's kind of a broad conversation, but based on the Deshaun Watson stuff and then kind of the complete opposite of what we saw with the Aaron Donald stuff where he was accused of assault. And then within three days, they had video proof that it wasn't him. And the guy recanted his statement almost immediately. Like, how do we train ourselves to look at this without making a snap judgment? So we'll get to that. And uh, also, I want to get if you guys now a week, a week later, after I had my opinion last week of Terry Stotts needs to needs to go. Curious if you guys have changed your opinion or are on the same boat with me, and I want to hear what Rashad has to say about that as well. So that's coming up, plus hate it or love it, in the 10 o'clock hour. Text us throughout the show, and uh, we will start next with your Portland Trailblazers, who finally won a game without Danny Lillard, too, but they still kind of suck, right? Mm -hmm. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine seventeen here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Joe with you until 11 o'clock today. Let's uh, chat a little bit about a, the hometown team, Portland Trailblazers. We have to. I mean, we don't have to, but it is uh, really one of the big topics of the, the last few weeks. Guys, <laughs> these guys, I have weird anxiety now. Watching. You have weird anxiety. Seriously, it's it's it only happens when I'm watching the Blazers play. Not even when I watch like you know this is a bad year for the Patriots. Okay, well and, let's let's sit on the couch, lay yeah. down. Let me take out my notebook. Scribble, 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 scribble. Rashad Taylor. Scribble, it all started scribble, scribble. in '92. Jordan shrugged his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, I've just never been the same. What? Where is this unfound anxiety come from? Coming from, oh, man, Mr. Taylor. Oh man, this this anxiety comes from years of of waiting. It comes from years of spending money. I guarantee I've spent at least well over a uh, hundred thousand dollars just for the Blazers and things for the what? Blazers preparation. Honestly, man, as far as a, as far as drinks and party hundred thousand dollars. Well, if you convert time into That's money, what I'm no, no, I'm saying, listen, since since I've been since I've been old enough to really understand and watch basketball. I'm talking merchandise as far as, you know, clothes and 
Uh, I'm talking how many times I've been food and drinks, tickets to the games, you know, and that includes like playoff games and that includes all that. Like, I mean, to be a fan for a long time, yeah, I've spent a lot of money, like, man, beers and food and all the things just to watch the game at the house. If you have Comcast or, excuse me, Xfinity now, and the only reason you really have Xfinity is because you can't watch the Blazers on any other channel, then guess what? You're paying a hundred some odd dollars a month, maybe more, possibly more, 200 something to watch the Blazers. So yeah, you too. If that's why the if that's the main reason you got Xfinity as far as cable is to watch the Blazers, then yeah, you too. You're I paying. S- I still feel like a hundred thousand dollars is a lot Man, of money. Man, listen, I'm over <laughs> over. I'm 37 years old, so over 30 years, you know, over you know, that's a that's a lot of money. But yeah, it's somewhere around there. And at this point, I'm just tired of sixth place, seventh place obscurity. It's like again, when you're in the sixth, seventh, eighth seed, you're not. You're you're de- you're not making a deep run in the playoffs, you know, and so you're you're not really super competitive, but you're not bad enough to be one of those lottery teams within the top thirteen. So NBA you're just right, purgatory. You're just so you're just right there in that seventeen to twenty two, twenty three draft pick, like that doesn't help a whole lot of people unless you're the San Antonio Spurs. Like it's 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 hard now. Now at this point, I'm just like, man, I'm. I just don't have the energy anymore to to wait for them to to be great. I do think that a lot of Blazer fans are getting to be getting to that same point where I, Blazer fans, I feel like, are very patient, generally speaking. And generally speaking, Blazer fans appreciate that the team makes the playoffs and is competitive every year and plays fun basketball for the most part, you know, et cetera, et cetera, however you want to put it. I think Blazer fans tend to be a fairly easy fan base to appease just because of the sensibilities of someone who lives in Portland and the Pacific Northwest. But I'm, I've noticed it at the same time because I'm feeling it too as, as a fan of the team and as, as someone who watches them almost every game is watching them is exhausting, mentally exhausting. Watching them is no longer really fun. You know, there is the stress of the expectations and not meeting or meeting those expectations that comes with it, especially when you know that you're wasting Damian Lillard's prime. And I think deep down, we all knew they were going to waste Damian Lillard's prime, even though we really, really wanted them to be able to figure it out. And he's still got a couple of years in that left. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be like LeBron and play at a very high level, even older than than the, the general prime years. But we're watching that. We're watching the same old show that we've watched every year for the last five years, just in with with different clothes on, basically, right? There's some new players, but this year the defense is so bad that it's historically one of the worst defenses ever in the history of the NBA. In other years, your secondary and, and tertiary players weren't good enough at hitting shots. This year you actually have guys who can hit shots on the floor offensively, but it doesn't matter because you can't stop a nosebleed. It's... Every year it's something different, but it's all the same. And I think Blazer fans are just tired. I think they're just exhausted of feeling this way. And that's why I think we're starting to finally see way more vocal calls for big change. Some people want Terry Stotts fired. Some people want Neil O'Shea fired. Some people want CJ traded. Some people want uh, a complete blow up of the roster around Dame. You know, it's all. some people are even getting to the point, and I think, Rashad, you've talked about this. I don't think you're there yet, but you've talked about it that in a couple of years, let Dame go. Like, let him go win a title somewhere. I've even seen some fans saying that. And because everyone's starting to get to that point very vocally, you know just how exhausted this fan base is because generally they don't get to that extreme level. No, and I think that's the that's the, the, the issue is, you know, you mentioned those, the, the worst, uh, one of the worst historical defenses of all time. Like, and you have to, like, remember some of these teams that were just, so terrible. You remember that 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 03 Cavs team before LeBron got there? Like that's a worse defense than that. Or how about the 2000 Bulls? You know what I'm saying? Like the the like they're the any Clippers team prior to Chris Paul being there. And you know this Blazers team defensively there's no heart, there's no effort, there's no energy. You're just a bunch of guys that are kind of running around all they, they play rec league ball. They play ball the way you would play at Bally's or 24 in the park. Everybody's looking for their own shot. When Melo gets the ball, and I love Carmelo Anthony. He's one of my all-time favorite players. Jesus, he stops the ball. Oh, my God. Carmelo, once Melo gets the ball, 
it's jab, step, jab, jab, turn this way. But you know he's shooting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's no, he's not passing unless, out of that. Unless he gets double teamed, he's not passing out no, of that. No, he's not passing out of that. So when Melo gets the ball, you can tell in his rhythm, like, he's about to shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult at this time. And he's um, been dreadful the last month. He's been he is he's been bad. Like he's he won't overall saved you last night or uh, excuse me Friday night. But for the most part, like overall, Melo has been bad this year. Well, Mel- Melo was very good early in the year. Um, he was very consistent. He was a good presence off the bench. But in the last two months, that dude has been awful, especially on the mid range game, which is his obviously his go to spot where he, you're talking about the jab steps and back to the basket and little spin moves here and there. I mean, he is just – he can't hit a shot. He's not playing a lick of defense. And you're starting to finally see, I think, they're trying to move him around the lineup a little bit to get him with some better defenders and try to change the way he plays offense. But, you know, remember when they brought him in, they yeah. wanted to protect his legacy. So, of no, course, I mean, he's going to keep taking those mid-range shots. CJ's been up and down. Yeah, he's CJ since he got has hurt. been like, you know, he, he can't really find – his rhythm all the way. You know, he'll have and he was playing 17. so well to oh, start he was the year. Great at the beginning of the season, but he was he'll have 17 and then he'll come out and have 26, 27 and then he'll have 15 and then another 16 and then he'll have 25. It's, it's like CJ is having a hard time finding his rhythm since he's been back. And then again, throw in the fact that there's only two guys on the team that can really play defense and that's Covington and uh Derrick Jones Jr. And outside of that, You've got a bunch of guys that are just watching well, him Nurk. play defense, and well, and and Nurk. Nurk is having him on the floor. You see defensively where he's much better than Cantor. But then when Cantor's on the floor, you say that's how you play offense. Yep. That's that's that part. Now, mind you, Nurk is also a better passer than Cantor is. I will give him that. He's a very good passer. Yeah, I'll, I will give him that credit. But Cantor is just a walking bucket. Like there's just, I mean, a walking bucket and rebound and. It's hard to, to to really justify putting him on the bench all the way. And so there's a lot to look at this team. And it's like you can really complain about a whole, whole bunch. Here's the good news. They're still in the playoff hunt. They're still in the race. They're slipping fl- further and further down. Like with, with Jamal Murray going out, this was really an opportunity for the Blazers. And it sucks that Jamal Murray went out too. Like I was really – Donovan uh, Mitchell's hurting out too. Yeah, and then Donovan Mitchell. Uh, how long is he out for? I said it was an ankle sprain, but uh, how long they, is he out? I don't know. I didn't see the the final amount of time. It wasn't – like the MRI came back clean, I believe, but it was a serious ankle sprain, so it could be a couple weeks. So here's an opportunity for you. Now the Clippers are really the only healthy team in front of you, and the, and the Suns are really the only healthy teams in front of you. So you have an opportunity with your fully healthy team that you've waited all season for to be able to make a run. And Although you know, Dame Damian been... Lillard is probably going to miss another game today yeah. because of the hamstring, the hamstring. tendonitis. Yeah. So, well, he's been dealing with injuries all year. He's just been playing through them. It has. You know, Here, really, here's the scary thing, too, though. You say they're, they've got a chance to go up. They're only two games up on Dallas. If they fall to seven, they're in the playing tournament. They're in the playing. And that's that you, don't you do be. not want to be in that's the playing tournament. That's a one tournament. game. That's a, that's a one and done type thing. And I think, who's, who are the other teams? I'm, well, it would be I, it would be seven, eight, nine, and ten are in the playoff tournament. Um, so I, I, forget, I think the exact rules of it are is that nine and ten play each other. And then they play the winner of seven eight or something like that, or maybe it's more of a seven ten eight nine kind of thing. I, I forget what the rules are, but it's it would be draining no matter what. Even if the Blazers got out of it and won, like remember when they played the Grizzlies last year in the bubble and it was the it was the play in game. It was it was nerve wracking. Well, I mean, but they won, and then they were drained, and they won the first game against the Lakers, and then had nothing left. Yeah, like that was the energy level, and it was and gone. You remember also they had to. You know, um, Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was just saying, I got the schematic pulled oh, up of how the seating and everything works. So, seventh and eighth place team plays. Whoever wins that gets the seventh seed. Okay. Just automatically. And then the eighth seed goes on to play the winner of the, winner of the 9-10. Whoever wins that game then is gets the eighth seed. Okay. So, the team who gets the eighth seed is really going to be a step behind. Because you would have lost to the seventh seed and beaten either the eight, nine, or ten, and then you have to play the one seed. <laughs> so that team's going to be exhausted. No, the, but it, either way, you do not want to be seven. No, you if don't. you're the Blazers, and you then, do not want to be there. And here's the bad part: Dallas has been playing good basketball lately. Yep, they've really figured it out and it's got to turn it around again. They're they're another team that's been without Przingis for a lot of the year too. Uh, like, Przingis sucks. Przingis, he's just not this. He had his great years, you know, in 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 New York, but after that, like he's a. He, and it's not bad, but he's a 16, 17 point a night guy. That's Przingis's. And I'll, you know. And he's taken too many threes. He's, he's stopped being the unicorn and started being a stretch four. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what he I, became. I don't think he wants to get hurt. You know, I don't think he's, he's tired of, 
you know, having knee issues and trying to drive. So either way, but Dallas at this point has been playing really good basketball and they're starting to move up. And what the Blazers are doing right now is the, the exact opposite because they're slipping further and further away with with losses to when they lost to Utah. It was like, OK, or excuse me, to Clippers the first time. We kind of said they need to win one of those games. You don't have to win them both, but you have to at least show everybody that you're competitive enough to to hang in with these teams. You got blown out the first game, blown out the second game. You lose to to uh, who who was who was terrible? Uh, Miami, not yeah. terrible. Well, but, not terrible. You know, They're not in the terrible. Playoffs, They're yeah. in the playoffs hunting, hunting the East. But the Blazers are supposed to beat Miami. Well, they got embarrassed in that game. They got too. embarrassed, and that's the main thing. Like if you can lose by three, and that's okay. But you got embarrassed by Miami, and then you lose a close one to to uh, Boston, who Boston is... Jason Tatum hit a big shot. They look like they're starting to play a little bit better than they than they were. They're figuring things out. But like you mentioned, that's a team that if you're going the right direction, you beat Boston based on how they've played this year. Yes. Now, I mean, they beat the Spurs. It was a crazy ending. You know, there was the goaltending on the Spurs. They got the Blazers the lead, and then they missed, I think it was three shots in the last eight seconds the Spurs did. That would have won them the game. But it was a win, which was good. It's just... It's just exhausting at this point. And I think we all know the truth, right? There's no, I feel like that last little bit of glimmering hope of, oh, well, you know, if they turn it around in the last 15, 20 games of the season, this can all change. I feel like that's been peeled away now. You know, they still have what, 15 games left? Yes. Um, Anything can happen. You know, you've got three against Memphis. You and they're in the playing game series right now, but you should conceivably beat Memphis in two of those three, right? You should. That's yeah. the, you know, we, we believe that you probably should. You, you know, should. And win. there's a couple other games in there that you should win, but you got a lot of tough games too on the schedule. And, you know, at this point, it's it might just be survived to the playoffs, but at that point, again, you're going to get into the sixth seed or five seed or whatever it's going to be, and hopefully not the playing tournament. And then who are you going to play? You're going to play the top team in the West who you haven't beaten. Because you haven't beaten anybody at the top of the West, and you're going to get the, and, your teeth knocked in. And the crazy part is, and I know we're, we're going to break, but the crazy part is the Blazers have a have a stud in almost every statistical category. Like mm-hmm. I think there's somebody from the Blazers in the top in the top ten, or just without outside of the top ten in every statistical, statistical category. Defense you, matters, man. So you have, and mind you, you got a guy who's tenth in the league in steals on your team. You got a guy who's fourth in the league in, in, in uh, rebounds on your team. Somebody who's eighth in the league in assists, second in the league in scoring. Like, you know, it's 12th in the league in blocks. This team is supposed to be better than they are. You don't have people in those positions and everything and still be in the position. you. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. I want to get your thoughts, Rashad, and now texters as well, those who are listening. After last couple of weeks, you know, if you were on the fence – where do you sit now on the how do the Blazers get better and move forward conversation? Last week I said I'm I'm now on the fire Terry Stotts train. I've been very resistant to get on that train, but I have now been uh, welcomed in. I've paid my ticket, and I'm sitting there barreling full force towards the offseason. I want to get Rashad, Rashad's thoughts. And uh, Texters, where are you sitting right now? That's next. But first, Joe has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. God, this was a cut. Already it's over. So I, don't really, I don't think I've really heard this song. You said it's been everywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cut, so it's been everywhere. So instantly already I'm like, I'm over the song because it's literally everywhere. I can't go anywhere without hearing it's a good song. Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars. Oh, oh, okay. I remember yeah. seeing this talked about. I oh. hadn't heard it, though. Oh, the song is dope. Yeah, this is when you got a lady down by the fire on your uh, bare fur rug with a bottle of wine late at night. Do you have a bare fur rug, Joe? I'm I sure wish. He does. I wish. That would be pretty cool. My grandfather used to have two of them. With the bear head still intact? Yep. Yeah. And my aunt kept one of them after my grandfather passed away and it's on it's upstairs in like their upstairs tv room in their house and it's just sitting like in the corner (laughs) it's actually if i remember correctly it's like a little loft they have and when you go up the stairs it's just that room 
and at the top of the stairs at the back of it like you know where the where the railing would be is the head just like looking at you as you walk up ah. the stairs <laughs> oh so wait well not to switch subjects but yes i absolutely said dallas is playing better right now don't let these last full, uh, full few games they had fool you yes so they lost to the knicks the knicks have to their credit, are a better Knicks team than they used to be. Knicks are not pretty good, great, actually. Yeah. Knicks are, yeah, they're they're not. A, Mavericks have won like eight of their last ten, or yeah, or no, like, well, I mean, no, they six lost, of their last ten now. Yeah, the yeah. six of the six of last ten. However, but they've beaten you know, the Jazz. They start the season. The Bucks. They start the season like seven and fourteen, something stupid. They were yeah. out of the playoff picture. Nobody was talking about Dallas at that point. And then what do you know? Now they're two games out of the sixth place and out of yeah. uh, the the play-in game. So yes, absolutely, Dallas is playing better. Just. We love the well, Blazers first, so much to where we there's can't talk. Not, not many teams it. are playing worse than the Blazers right now. No, no. So. <laughs> honestly, for a, for a playoff team, like we don't care what any of the the lower seeded, the twelfth and thirteenth, like we don't care about them. But for a, a playoff team in the Western Conference, yes, the Blazers are not playing good basketball. They are arguably of all the teams in the playoffs right now in the playoff picture in the West, they're the worst one at the moment. And actually, uh, of the top eight teams in the West, they're the only one with a negative point differential. The Blazers are. Yeah. Yes. So yes, Dallas is playing better than them. Sorry. They are. They are. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just their wins have been better. Like I said, beating the Jazz, that's hard to do. Did that? They beat the Bucks. Blazers when they played the Jazz and the Bucks, they lost by thirty each game. Yeah, it wasn't so, close. It's not close. And again, you know what I did for that Bucks game? Went to the homie's house, had all these steaks and shrimps and everything like that. Like we were excited to watch Giannis and <laughs> and Dame. Like this is you know this well, is hey, what we this is what we've been doing. You, you saw know, Giannis go almost perfect from the floor. Almost perfect from the floor, and I saw the Blazers watch him do it. Yep, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy couldn't hit his three threes. He would have had a perfect game. He would have had a perfect game. All right, so I want to get the – I want to gauge. We have a couple of texts I want to get to next segment because we're getting near the end. But, Rashad, I want to gauge where you're at. So, last week on the show, I said that I have joined the Terry Stotts Needs to Go train. My reasoning for it was mostly that there is something fundamentally wrong with the way that this team plays defense, right? That is the team's biggest weakness – and it has been for many years. Offensively, they're still very good. You can dislike the style of offense. I've seen texts come in about, oh, it's too much isolation, too much pick and roll. You can dislike it, but you can't deny that the offense is really stinking good. They score a lot of points. And they are, I think, I don't know if it's still the case, but I remember like a month ago, they were considered one of the best offenses ever in the history of the NBA. Most of them were from this year, actually, because of, I think because of COVID and the no fans, it's easier to play offense. But, um, they were considered one of the best offenses of all time. Defensive is, is the problem. Now, you have a roster that is probably, in the Terry Stotts era, the second best roster he's ever had. Mm -hmm. The best roster would be... That team with... Wes, Rolo, Marcus, Dame, and uh, Nick Batum. Yes. That team was really good. Defensively and offensively, they were solid. Beyond that, this is your second best roster... And think if you're if you're gonna yell at your radio, no, it's not. Think about it. Who have the Blazers had on the team outside of that great team in 2015? You've had Al Farouk Amino and Mo Harkless starting. You've had bench units that you could barely go too deep because you didn't trust a player on the bench. So now you have. I thought the 2019 the conference finals team was pretty good. They're probably yeah they're they're in there too. Well. Maybe, but I, I'm not going to compare it to this one because this one you have uh, multiple good three-point shooters on, on the floor with Damian Lillard, which you have not had. Even in 2019, you didn't have that. Aminu couldn't hit a three to save his life. Harkless couldn't hit a three to save his life. Uh, was that the Seth Curry year? He came off the bench Seth, and, yeah. and he was able to hit some threes, which was good. But Robert Covington has completely turned around his season. I think right now he's your second best player behind Dame. He's playing better than CJ is. He's playing better than Nurk is. He's insanely good at defense, and he's hitting threes at an ungodly clip in the last few months. So Rocco's been very, very good. You trade for Norman Powell, who is really good at shooting the three ball, and he's he's actually good at getting to the lane as well. Sorry, Norman, for tripping like when you first got here. I think people were just really attached to Gary, and this is what we do to Blazers, but you've been great. So Yeah, and Trent's you. been really good in Toronto half the time and really bad half the time. He's been inconsistent, just like he was here. Uh, that's a that's a win for the Blazers, in my opinion, that trade. Some people will say it's not. That's a win for the Blazers. Um, and we're going to get to Norman Powell in a, in a future segment on the show today as well. But you have a great roster that's built correctly, right? 
You've got good defenders. You've got good shooting. Everything the Blazers needed was brought in this year. Maybe it wasn't the player you wanted. Maybe you wanted them to go get Aaron Gordon at the trade let, trade deadline. I agree with that take. Um, but they still got good players, and they have, a, they have a good team. And even with all of that, even with all of that momentum going in the right direction, the defense's momentum is still going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And because of that, I said, you got to make a change of coach because either the philosophy is not working or what he's saying to the team is falling on deaf ears because he's been there for too long. That's just the that's just the truth of it for me. I like Terry Stotts. I've always liked Terry Stotts as the head coach. But if you're if you need to shake it up now to take advantage of Dame's prime, step one is see if a new coach is going to be able to shake it up. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. That's what I talked about last week on the show. And I'm curious, Rashad, where you fall. Is it is it Stotts for you? Is it Olshay for you? Is it team construction? Like how are you viewing maybe not I, fixing it, but just trying to change the trajectory of this team? I think first you have to start with Olshay. Um Let's just be real. Like I, I, I love Norman Powell. I think Norman Powell is a good player. He's, um, you know, he can shoot. But you got another six foot guard to be on your perimeter. You know, and I think that's where the Blazers have kind of struggled. Uh, ask guys like Drew Holiday. You know, who also, mind you, he plays for the uh, the Bucks too, right? Yeah, he kind of gave gave the Blazers a headache. You know, that night. So uh, bigger guards tend to Rondo. You know, bigger guards tend to have their way. Um, with with Portland, Donovan Mitchell. You know, like if you're just a little bit of a bigger guy, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that's where Portland shines is at the point guard, the guard positions, and uh, just getting another guy that kind of plays a similar game to Damon CJ was is a little weird. But then you throw in Simons, who's also another guard that plays the similar game to Damon CJ. So you got a lot of guys in the same spot, and I think really we know Olshay has a type. This is the type that that's the type of guy, you know, type of player. We know he has a type as far as uh, uh, bigs, Zach Collins, Myers Leonard. He has a type. He that's that's what he wants to really draft. He I has three we, types, that style of guard, that style of white power forward mm -hmm. and guys that he missed at some point, bringing them back. Yeah. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Hello. Yeah. Hey, sorry. We passed <laughs> we, you the first time. Well, no, we we drafted you and then traded you immediately. But hey, come on down to a 10 day contract. So that's Olshay's third favorite. Yeah, thing. So I think that's a, a big thing. It's just like, you know, there's been kind of, you know, whiffs, you know, as far as outside of Dame and CJ. And you can I guess you can throw in Collins. He's a pretty good pick pickup if he wasn't hurt all the time. No, but Collins is a key to ability is availability. And he's, you know, very seldom there. But I'm, he was supposed to be a foundational pillar. That's a whiff. People, you know, the one thing we've been saying, and I'm guilty of it as well, is, um, well, who do you get? Well, who do you get? Well, here's the question. Who was Terry Stotts before he got hired by the Blazers? He was a bad was, head coach. He was a, he was a bad head coach, and then he became a great assistant on the Mavericks team You know, that ended up winning a championship. Man, there's guys out there that are a great assistance to, to people that are that are winning. Like, look up probably anybody under the, 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 the Steve Kerr tree. Well, that's not uh, Luke Walton because his voice, Luke Walton's voice was – just bothered me man it was scary you know so i don't want anybody with a scary voice but there's guys out there wes unsell jr is a, is a name that was you know kind of shopped out there for a lot of people uh assistants uh or kenny atkinson stuff like i mean there's guys that are probably out there that may be able to fill a role but you got to have somebody that's going to come in here number one dame has got to agree because you're superstar because we dame said at this point he's not going anywhere so hiring the wrong coach may or the wrong gm maybe the move that he might need to be able to say, okay, well, I don't want to be here anymore because this isn't right. But yes, somebody needs to go. And I have to start from the top because these decisions that are made that come from Neil Olshay at the end of the day, like, I mean, he and Stotts probably can, you know, talk about it and they confer, but these decisions that are made, the general manager is making them. And so I think you need to start there and then kind of try to figure it out. But yes, I think Stotts, there needs to be a new voice. The voice isn't working anymore. The team is still in the playoffs, so it's hard to complain about that. But do you want more than just being in the playoffs every year? I'm not one of those fans just happy with being in the playoffs every year. I want more. Like yeah. it's been, I've, I've seen the playoffs. There was a streak the Blazers had that was like the longest playoff streak. Well, it's still uh, going. Yeah. Well, I mean, they missed it for a few for a few years, and then uh, they end up coming back to the playoffs. But prior to them missing the playoffs completely, the Blazers made the playoffs like 22, 23 years straight. You know, a couple of those years they played in in the. Uh, or at least one of those years, or two of those years, they played in the finals. So, where's the finals run for the Blazers? Like, mm -hmm. getting to the playoffs no longer is just enough. They are, they're going to have to win something. All right, let's break. Let's get to some of these texts coming up next. We're having both sides of the argument. Somebody's calling us haters when other people are agreeing with of us. Of course. So, we'll get to that next. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan.
Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey, Joe. Can I get some Black Rob and some DMX on the... Uh, rest in peace to Black Rob, one of my favorite rappers. We played DMX last week, yeah. DMX was, man, one of my favorites, you know, of all time. You know what I mean? I just had to say that, but yeah. Like, we did We did talk about that last week, how it was very unfortunate that you were out for the show. Because we spent... Did we talk a whole segment about DMX? I think we did. We spent know, some, not a whole segment, but we spent we spent some time. We spent some time talking man, to some DMX. Listen, uh, and it's, I know I won't take a lot of time doing it, but... Uh, when I was 14, I uh, got Mesa's CD, uh, Harlem World. Or was it Harlem World? Yes, Harlem World. One of the best, you know, bad boy CDs of all time. One of the best CDs of the 90s, in my opinion. There was a song on there called 24 Hours to Live. And it's with Mace, Black Rob, rest in peace, uh, The Locks, and uh, DMX. And rest I heard this dude's voice <laughs> and said, who the F is that? Like, what is that sound? And I was like, I never heard nobody rap like that. And then... One night I was in my basement. I was, you know, in my room. And, uh, yeah, right. Uh, and uh, watching uh, MTV Jams or something like that. And a video, uh, Get At Me Dog, comes on by DMX. And again, I've never heard anything like that. The closest thing is like something from Wu Tang. But DMX scared me. And I said, I have to get the CD. It's Dark and Hell is Hot to this day is one of my favorite CDs of all time. And that guy was like, he's. One of the he's probably the Tupac of this generation just because he just he was he knew he was tormented and he knew that was just he couldn't kick that habit that he had and it was just kind of prophetic and you know him passing you think about his song slipping which is his you know his greatest song of all time I think that's similar to Pac's um, so many tears you know you can hear the emotion you can hear the vulnerability in that song so man it's not a lot like X there's nobody else like DMX so and then there was X was the first album I got from him great album great album. Um, love DMX. Absolutely. All right. Text line is 503-250-1080. Let us know your thoughts on the discussion we've been having here. Uh, this text says fire Terry. I've always liked him, but it's time to shake it up as much as I was against it for a while. It's time to trade CJ for a legit dynamic big. The backcourt will work itself out with Dame back there. They risk blowing Dame's prime. If they don't make some key moves now or very soon, I'm not saying blow it up by any means. It's just not going to happen as currently constructed. So he's going for both Terry and CJ. Um, the the CJ thing is so tough, and I saw the fan tweeted this. I, I think it, I don't know who did it, but someone put a picture on the fans' Twitter uh, late in the week and was like, "Would you trade CJ and re-sign Norman Powell as the two, or would you start Norman Powell and have CJ be the sixth man?" Just like you know, th- throwing things out there to see if they could change the way the team plays without changing the construction of the team. And CJ is a tough one, man, because. We all fall in love with CJ when he goes into these super hot streaks like he did start the year, right? It's like, oh, he reached that level of his game. We all kind of felt like he's ascended now and he's going to be an all-star. And then injury bug bites him again. He's had that happen too many times in his career, especially with his feet. He comes back and he has not been the same player he was early. He's been very inconsistent. His shot's not falling in the same way. He's had some good games. He's had a lot of mediocre average games. It's just the kind of the way it's been for him coming back from injury. Same goes for Nurk, by the way. He's been average to mediocre since returning from his injury. And I, I kind of see where a lot of fans are coming from, where the too small guard construction is not going to fly. They don't think it's ever going to work. And I, I think I said this last week. I think it can work. But a lot of other things have to go very well for it to work. And right now, right now there's too many holes for that to work whether 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 you think the hole is coaching or gm or or blank player here or this player there or whatever there's too many moving parts that are hard to find solid players for that is not allowing the two guard system to work yeah so i'm still for keeping dame and cj together i mean hell you paid them both we have so much money that i think it can become successful but maybe there's a way to change it up where I'm not opposed to making CJ the sixth man. I mean, he could still get his 35 minutes, but just have him come off the bench um, because it just changes the way that the teams will play Damon Powell together, right? It can, it changes the way the bench will play. All of a sudden, Melo's going to stop taking 15 shots a game because CJ is going to be out there with him more. You know, maybe, maybe there's something about that, that that'll work. I don't know. That seems more like throwing things at the wall and seeing will stick, but yeah, I think because we, we don't, we don't want to cut bait with CJ. I feel like people, 
that I feel like that'd be a bad decision. But again, if you wanted to really make a splash and be able to get somebody that can come in and really help the team, like CJ is the only bargaining chip that you really have. Like at the end of the day, Nurkic is good, but he's not going to get you another all-star player. You know, um, CJ is, you're not giving up Dame. We've, we've established that point or that part. So he's the only bargaining chip that the, as a blazer you, you've ever really had. Like CJ since his second year, you know, his second year, he averaged 6.8 points after that. 20, 23, 21, 21, 22, 23. Like, nobody's had a, a bigger scoring output or scoring burst. I'm not sure if he won most improved player that year. He probably should have. I don't know. Because you you jump up 13 points, you know, and then you never kind of look back. Like, as an offensive threat, like, CJ is great. Somebody is going to want him. But he's 29, and this is who he is at this point as a basketball player. Dame is 30, what, 30, 31 at this point. This is who he is as a basketball player. You need to get somebody else in here that is able to really fit the mold of what the Blazers are trying to do, or maybe what they're trying to do, just load up on guards and just see what happens. That's what it feels like O'Shea wants to do. There's a little bit of that small ball vibe coming, you know, with the three guard lineup they've been using with Powell and CJ out there. A couple of texts on O'Shea that are a little bit different. This text says, I don't understand why teams hold on to general managers for so long that are mediocre, but then burn through coaches so often. There's an actual value to consistent coaching, but what value is there to having the same GM every year unless they're crushing it? And then this one says, I like me a little Olshay. He's shown himself to be brilliant at finding players that make incremental improvements. I think he'd be really good at optimizing a roster that's ready for a championship, but this roster isn't that because of the size. But what he hasn't shown himself able to do is make a major uh, course correction to overcome the flaw that he's built into this team. So two texts on Olshay. Um, in terms of the first one, I think Olshay's been a good GM. I really do. Uh, I think Olshay gets too much heat for what he's done. He's made mistakes. Every GM makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But I think he's done a very good job. He's He is very good at finding talent. Um, he's not great, at least in terms of, he's not great at taking the swing, the big swinge. He doesn't want to make the big trade. He's very, very nervous about blowing up a team in one direction to get another guy in for another direction. He just hasn't really done that. But he's very good at finding players who are underutilized somewhere else and making them better, as well as later in drafts, finding good, talented players, whether that's to keep on the team or trade a la Gary Trent, Alan Crabb, Will Barton, guys who have been good trade pieces and guys who have been good for you when they've been drafted as well. So he's good at that. I agree. And I, and I, I kind of agree with the second text where he's a great GM for a team that's like one or two inches away from that championship and getting those incremental pieces who are better than people think. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen a championship roster? Hell, even like the, the LeBron teams have been guilty of this, but LeBron washes all the problems away. They bring players in that are sure fire going to make the bench even better. And they all kind of suck, right? Yeah, They're not great players, you know? And that's why old Shea would be perfect for a team like that. Yeah. Cause he would go get uh, Robert Covington. And that would be the final piece. They're called complimentary players. Yep. And I think that's what, you have a bunch of guys that don't complement what the Blazers do. You know, the one time the small guard lineup has worked, uh, it was the Detroit Pistons when they won their championships back in 89 and 90. You can have two six-foot guards if they're Isaiah Thomas and, and uh, Joe Dumars. Joe Dumars is one of the best defenders of all time. But what did they do? They surrounded them with a bunch of bullies and a bunch of dudes who can get rebounds and putbacks and defense and all those little things that you need. If the Blazers could do that, then, yeah, they'd be great. But instead, you keep putting... Uh, you get sleek, you know, tall guys that shoot jumpers instead of trying to bang inside and stuff like that. So I just, I mean, I think Cantor is a, is a, he's a, he's an old school player. And that's why I've, I've kind of liked Cantor so much because most bigs are out on the perimeter trying to make something happen, trying to get a three pointer. Cantor's in the trenches getting rebounds and putbacks. Like he's really an old school NBA. I think he, I think he's the second best player on the team right now. He's averaging the double double, you know, at this point and getting, you know, again, I think he's what fourth in the league right now in rebounds. So I think Cantor is the second best player right now, but I think it's important for them to put good complimentary players, not just good players around your two stars. This text says, uh, this is based on the last two games. Uh, they've been getting better shots the last couple of games. I will say that two things sparked my interest. A lot more motion offense, passing base, was shocking against Boston, and then two, far more mid-range game and less threes against both Boston and the Spurs. Uh, if the motion offense and... I uh, uh, lost the second text. In the motion offense and less pointless early shot clock threes continue, they have a better shot. Not saying a lot, but using the shot clock and taking good shots is far better than crap isolation offense that they ran the last two games. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I think part of what Terry Stotts has always done well is motion offense. It has seemed to have changed a little bit recently because the pick and roll has become such a big part of the game that leads to a lot of isolation offense as well. But it, if it all looks good, but if you're not winning, it doesn't matter, right? Like that's a better offense. It's more fun to watch. But if your defense is still playing like crap, then you're not going to win those games. I mean, they were very fortunate to win that Spurs game. They got the goaltending call, and then the Spurs missed a couple of good looks to win the game. Still a win. Important win to have. But you still need to play better defense. Yeah. You still need to consistently play better defense, or else the offense isn't going to matter. Now, to be fair, the Blazers have played better defensively the last two games. The Celtics game and the Spurs game, they've shown more signs of life on defense. But how many times have we said that, too? Like, in the last three months of the season... It's been these little bursts of two or three games where you're like, oh, there's a little bit of something positive. Oh, let's see if this keeps going. And then yet it doesn't. And I think that's why for me, especially, I'm just getting exhausted with it because for a couple of years now, it's been that. These little bursts that keep giving us hope, but yet they don't live up to the expectations that we've set for them. And that's frustrating. Yeah, that's that's incredibly frustrating. So uh, I don't know, like uh, we're... <laughs> We're getting called haters and stuff like that, but the simple truth is... Well, there's man, one texture calling us I, a hater. No, I'm saying, and the simple truth which is... Which is fine. Man, I love the Blazers. I've watched this team. I've seen every uh, every version of this Blazers team that, that you can possibly think of right now. Man, at this point, I think we know what's going to win, and you're looking around the NBA at the teams that are actually winning, and we can tell that we're not there yet. So as a fan, if you're, if you're happy with sixth and seventh place, more power to you. That's awesome, because I'm not. As a fan, as somebody, again, who's spent hundreds, thousands of dollars, I don't want to say hundreds, but I feel like it's there. Thousands of dollars. We're Kansas $100,000 yeah, team. No, he's realizing I'm that gonna, was a lot I'm of money. Gonna figure, I'm going to figure it out because, again, <laughs> I'm talking about time spent at bars and all type of stuff. I all will go matters, through bank man. statements. Probably should. You know <laughs> yeah, I probably should. However, a uh, whole lot of time and resources to watch this Blazers team. I'm sorry. I want a little more than six. Well, right. I think that's the thing is, it. you know, the, the person who's texting us calling us a hater that's fine. If you think the team's playing well and that's that's your opinion, that's great. But I texted him. I'm asking him, and we'll see if he responds. I said, "What would you like to see the team to do to get better?" Right? Like, if if that is, if if you're happy with the team right now, that's cool. But I mean, you still probably want the team to get better, right? You know, that's still something that you want because you know deep down the team's not perfect. So you or, know, or we'll, we'll see. Is. We'll see if we'll, we'll we'll see if he texts back in the break. But coming up, we got a break. Coming up next hour, I want to get to Lamarcus Aldridge. I want to get to your question about athletes getting in trouble, and then we got hated or love it. So, hour two coming up, Sports Sunday on the Fan and Odyssey app. Hi, 